Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day is one of my faves. You know I'm obsessed. La Labo Bergamot 22. As I was listening back to this episode, all the talk of bergamot just made me crave it. And I love it because it opens with this sort of like fresh, zesty quality that you guys know from bergamot. But then it evolves and it becomes aromatic and fiery and warm and enveloping. And there's so many layers to bergamot 22. I just freaking love it. My perfume juice of the day is going not to a perfume, but to a candle. And it is going to what I think is the best candle brand that you can find at Marshalls or TJ Maxx. They are called Wolf and Lamb. Their logo is like a W plus sign L. If you guys ever go on a candle hunt at like a Home Goods or Marshalls or TJ Maxx, it can be super hit and miss. There are so many times I smell a fragrance and it just quite literally smells like that fake green apple smell. You know what I'm talking about? This is not that. This is elevated. This is something I feel like you would find in like a bougie hotel lobby gift shop. The two fragrances that I have from them that I have found and I've just been like, yes, are sandalwood. Their sandalwood is amazing because it's got like that like, you know, woody sandalwood aspect to it, but then it's really balanced with something sort of like sweet, but it's not cloying. It's just comforting. And then the other fragrance I have from them is patchouli and currant, which I will do a live smell test for right now. Do you hear that ASMR? Listen to this. Okay. I've just taken off the lid. To me, this smells like a berry, woody fragrance. Something akin to Byredo Black Saffron, Dead Cool Blonde. You could even compare it to a black opium, but sort of like that evening berry vibe. And it's just really nice in a candle. And yeah, it was $7. So I gotta pass it on. The TikTok question of the day comes from JenJen24S, who asks, have you done a review of Glossier U perfume yet? Well, Jen Jen, the answer is no, so let me tell you my thoughts now. Glossier U is a fragrance I wish I didn't love as much as I do, and in fact, when I first got it, I didn't really even understand the hype or appeal. Like, to me, I got this weird sort of, like, boozy hangover smell. Like, if you've ever taken a shower, worn great perfume, gone out, drank too much, and then the next day, you reek of alcohol, but you somehow still smell good... That is how Glossier U originally sat on my skin. It smelled like a chic hangover. And so I didn't necessarily not like that smell, but I was like, why would I opt to smell like this? However, over time something changed and now it's like this irresistible iris musky skin scent that I just can't get enough of because it's got this sort of like papery, chalky, peppery quality to it. It's super peppery, but then it's also that sort of like musky skin scent that I just love and I find it to be really refreshing. Here's why I haven't talked about it on TikTok. One, it's super popular, so I try and offer more unique alternatives. And two, I read an article about POC employees at Glossier reporting several racist incidents that happened in store that were not handled or addressed by corporate, where basically Glossier failed to protect those employees. I will say that since this all came out, it does seem like Glossier has taken steps to create anti-racism training. But in general, if I know of any problematic or racist behavior from a particular company, I try not to promote their products. So with that, I love Glossier U, but let me give you some alternatives. If you want to lean into that iris aspect of Glossier U, that sort of chalky papery vibe, check out Iris Rebel by Atelier. If you want to lean into that sort of spicy peppery skin scent, check out Amber Blends Anu. If you want to lean into just that sort of like je ne sais quoi, what am I smelling skin scent, check out Diptyque Orpheon. Ugh, that is like 
oh, it's so, to me, it's like very comparable to what makes Glossier you good, but I just, I love it times a million. But let's talk about today's guest because she is awesome. Today, we are joined by the co-founder of Aspen Apothecary, Kata Burke-Williams. Add this perfume house to your list of clean, conscious, vegan fragrances that actually smell amazing. Sisters Kata and Kaja Burke-Williams founded Aspen Apothecary in 2020. Yep, you heard that right. Kata and Kaja founded this entire line during a global pandemic. Their roll-on fragrances marry the powerful effect of scent and scent memory with the healing properties of hemp-based CBD. Yes, a CBD-infused fragrance, the moment we have all been waiting for. Aspen Apothecary is a CBD-infused, cruelty-free, black-owned, female-owned perfume line for the modern-day woman. In this episode, Kata and I discuss what inspired them to launch Aspen Apothecary, the fragrances that both sisters wore before they launched it, the inspiration behind each scent, how they worked with perfumers to create their fragrances and what that process was like, and their advice for anyone who wants to follow in their footsteps. Oh, and we couldn't say it at the time of recording because it hadn't been announced yet, but that company that Aspen Apothecary is now in partnership with is Soho House. You can now get Aspen Apothecary's Moondust Fragrance at the Meatpacking Soho House location. Here's Kata. Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today we have an amazing guest. We have the co-founder of Aspen Apothecary, Kata Burke-Williams. Kata, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here in person, vaccinated, happy, and yeah. I know. Okay, so Kata is our second live episode. Um, once again, I have brought our guest into the weird place that is my grandmother's apartment. <laughs> Apologies in advance. But I will say, I feel like the aroma in this apartment, as I've mentioned, has a sort of like old lady vibe. And whatever you're wearing, you brought. Like, I cannot stop smelling you. And um you. You said you're wearing a perspective fragrance yes. that you guys are developing, right? It's a mod. Um, we're reformulating Bloom, one of our fragrances. And okay. so this is mod A and we have mod B. I'm partial to mod A, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know mod B, but I am now <laughs> partial to mod A. So you got my vote. Okay. So, Kata, I always start the show asking three questions. You kind of answered one already, but it's what are you currently wearing? Do you have a signature scent? And do you have any fragrance hot takes? Mm. Okay, so what I'm wearing is... Bloom Mod A. Guys, it's um, amazing. <laughs> thanks. I, I like it because I like the like bourbon-y vibes. Um, what's the second question? Do oh, you have a signature um, scent? Signature scent. I mean, I wear Moondust a lot. Um, I love it. Which it's I like, am wearing, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's very unisex. I like the Palo Santo because I'm obsessed with Palo Santo. Um, and I like the bergamot because it keeps it like crisp and light. Um, but fragrance hot takes. Um, gosh. I feel like maybe it's rude. I love some of Veredo's perfumes, but a couple of them like give me very bad headaches and mm -hmm. I'm not sure why. So I guess that's my hot take because I'm not obsessed with like all of their stuff. You know what? I agree. I think it's really interesting. Like as I've gotten into perfume and I've smelled some of the like really like luxury brands, just mm -hmm. comparing them with more affordable ones or completely green brands or niche brands. It's like, it's just not necessarily better. Half of yeah. the cachet is just like, because it is by Rado. Mm -hmm, totally. I really want to get into everything that you guys are doing with Aspen Apothecary. I want to just say full disclosure, Kata gave me a sample of Moondust. I'm wearing it now. You guys always ask me for good Palo Santo recommendations. And I haven't really been able to give you one because I just, I don't know that many Palo Santo fragrances. Yeah. And let me tell you that I am in like this, like, 
it just is like fresh, but it's woody and it's light and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, what what's going on with Aspen Apothecary? <laughs> hmm, where to start? I think a lot and not a lot. So one, I'm really excited that I get to start working on it full time. When we founded the company, I was in business school. Um, so I was doing the student thing. I had a part-time job to try to hustle to get money. Right. And then we were doing Aspen, but now this is all I'm focused on. So I think a lot's to come. We have a few retail partners that we're coming on board with. You can find us in Hudson, New York at this pop-up. It's super cool. cool. That just happened as of May 31st. Mm -hmm. And then we have a partner that I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but they're in their global, like, social brand kind of What deal. does it rhyme with? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> like, but that's coming very soon. So you can find us um, in their spot, especially in meatpacking here in New York. And so I'm super excited for ah. that. And then um, we want to finish formulating, like, reformulating two more scents so that we can actually come out with a discovery kit. So that's something ah. to look out for. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, first off, you said you were busy. I feel like we cannot skip over the fact that you literally just graduated from Harvard Business School. <laughs> Guys, I'm literally sitting with an HBS grad in the flesh. This does not happen every day for me, okay? When you got to business school, were you like, I'm trying to start this perfume company? Or were you like, I want to be an entrepreneur in some way? It was more like, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm probably just going to do the job that everyone does, which is management consulting. Right. And then I did an internship in that um, over the summer and didn't like it. Mm -hmm. um, but even before that, I knew that I probably didn't want to do that. And my sister and I kind of just got inspired. Our story starts way, way back with our mom um, mm -hmm. and the story she would tell us about Tunisia and visiting there for the first time and smelling midnight jasmine mm -hmm. and She's a Jamaican immigrant, and, like, the details of her stories always seem to kind of change. But mm -hmm. in that story, the one thing that stays the same is, like, how she describes smelling that midnight jasmine when she was, like, walking into this garden. Mm -hmm. And so I think we are, like, always realize that scent is really powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but to your point, like, I, I don't know, we weren't entrepreneurs. We didn't want to do anything with that until I was visiting my sister in the city almost three Thanksgivings ago, maybe two. And shout out Kaja, who cannot yes, be here. I know, miss her. And she's like a more healthy person than I am. So I like, you know, wash my face with hand soap sometimes and other cringy things. But she's like very mindful about what she puts on and in her body just because she had a lot of health issues in high school. Mm -hmm. She switched to a lot of um, non-toxic formulas, but when it came to perfume, she still had like this bottle of Daisy by Marc Jacobs and this bottle of Chanel Number no. 5, mm -hmm. and that was all she had, and she hadn't purchased anything new in like four years, and so I called her out on it because she was making me feel bad about all of my, you know, non-healthy practices, Right. and we realized that she hadn't purchased anything new because when she was getting some like sneezes and headaches from basically spraying those fragrances on, and then too, she also felt like those brands didn't speak to her and didn't represent her and didn't really care about her as like a black woman individual who had you know diverse wants and needs right. and so then we're like there should be something out there for us and then you know we didn't do anything about it thought about it and then COVID hit we were together in Ohio and we said why not us this was born during COVID. Yes, yeah. You guys literally have distribution. Yeah. Your product is amazing. Did you work with a perfumer? Like, what was that process like? Yes. And all during COVID, too. Yes. All during COVID. Um, we definitely work with perfumer. We're not perfumers by trade. And I think, um, especially when it comes to something that you're putting around your body and your skin, it's, like, very important that you're careful with that. So we work with somebody here in New York. They're an awesome family business. They've been around for quite a while. And they kind of guide us through the process to make sure that we're compliant with everything thing but mm -hmm. we partner with them a lot we have a lot of specific wants and needs and a lot like a long list of no's about what we don't want in our formulations so mm -hmm. they're really accommodating about that but 
it definitely was kind of a weird journey. I think it for us getting into Tower 28's Clean Beauty Summer School was super helpful. Mm, because, I, yeah, I heard of that program. Yeah, so we did it Congrats last summer. That. That's Thanks. awesome. When it first started, we didn't really know what it was. We just applied. We didn't even really have a real product at that point. We had a prototype and, you know, out of 300 like applicants, we got in. We're like, okay, this is awesome. But through that, we got mentors and a network of other founders and whatnot. And then we were introduced to the perfumer that we work with. And from there, we kind of just scrapped everything together wow. and made it work. I don't know how, but we did. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so when you're working with the perfumer, is it your guy's vision and then they bring, like, do you say like, we want this to have Palo Santo and Bergamot? How do you guys come up with yeah. the notes with the perfumer? I think the perfumers are like magicians, honestly, because they, they are. are like half artists, half, you know, chemists. I know. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, because perfume is so chemical. But we basically start with really specific ideas. So we actually start with kind of like a feeling and a story. Normally that story, for example, with Moondust, um, or actually let's say with Bloom, since like that's thing we're doing right now. I knew that we wanted something with sort of a bourbon accord and... We got this story in our minds about like being in, you know, Kentucky and you're walking out of this bar where you smelled like bourbon and maybe like someone was smoking a cigar close by. So it's like that smell on like the leather jacket or whatever. And that's you're what you smell by. like right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I feel like uncomfortable. I'm like so into it. <laughs> and so that's how we start with kind of that story and that feeling. And then we think about kind of the accords and notes that would comprise that. And we're pretty specific and we give that to the perfumer, talk about it, and then they like make magic with it. So we give a a lot of notes and accords that we want but they definitely know what they're doing way more than we do and so then we go through a couple of iterations mm -hmm. so that they understand what we mean when we're like it's too sweet or mm -hmm. it's too like resiny or something mm -hmm. like that and then we kind of figure it out but they're definitely good at interpreting what we think we want right did you have to study perfume at all to get to that point that you're like mm -hmm. oh well i know the smell of bergamot like how did that happen so for us no, we haven't like traditionally studied perfume. Perfumery, I feel like is super kind of like mystical. We definitely have a book. We have um, like a lot of extracts basically that mm -hmm. we practice smelling so that yeah. we can identify what they are. Some of them are so gross to me, like civet. I'm just like, oh, it's That so is strong. one I haven't smelled, but the concept of <laughs> yeah, it is so disturbing strong. to me. <laughs> so much. What does um, civet smell like? Can you explain it to oh, our God. listeners? I don't know. I mean- Isn't it? So, it's a part, it's like a beaver, right? Yeah, it's like the excrements. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Perfume ingredients. If you knew, you wouldn't wear some of them. Yeah. So that's why our formulations are vegan. So we wouldn't have like real civet anyway. But basically what it's used is like make that like weird funkiness that you first smell when you smell someone when you're like almost like you and then you're like, what is that? I want to smell yeah. more. And so then it hopefully like goes away, but it just smells funky and bad and it lasts like a little drop spilled and in our apartment, we were smelling it for days. Oh so my that God. is something that, yeah, you know, any ingredient in like a super high concentration obviously smells really strong. Right. But yeah, so it's a lot of self-study, self-understanding. And then I think we just kind of had a nose for it and we don't claim to be like, the best noses on the planet but I think that's also what makes us more approachable is that we like what we like and we're trying to figure out why we like something and why mm -hmm. we don't because I think a lot of us wear fragrance and experience right. that in our everyday lives and we don't have to be like this somebody from grass who was classically trained to understand if mm -hmm. we like something and it smells nice and makes us feel good right and you're also your own consumer yeah. you're creating products for <laughs> you so of course you should be able to like yes. just be like this does not smell good this does smell yeah. good. so you were talking about about how you came up with the story of Bloom. And I was looking at your website and I want to read the description that you guys have on your website for 
us because I literally was getting hot and heavy. I feel like I'm reading Fifty Shades (laughs) of Grey. I was like, I, okay, I'm going to read this. I'm reading it in a sensual way. Okay, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Sorry. I looked across at you, then parked the van, hopping down to the rocks below. Only hours ago, the desert had scorched our bare feet. As you stood beside me, we joined hands and breathed deep, closing our eyes, succumbing to the abyss. Are you guys hearing this? A hum vibrated in our toes, pulsing through our veins until our minds began to dance, dizzying and grounding all at once, as if the earth was whispering, I've been waiting for you. You guys, that is the description of Moon Dust. How did you write that? I'm like, if you need a voiceover artist, you know, hit me up. If you want to sound like a cartoon character. No, that's awesome. That's like how we envisioned it. (laughs) That's incredible. Wait, what was your question? How we sort of... Okay, did that come Mm -hmm. before the fragrance or did you smell the fragrance after and be like, that is what it smells like? That came before the fragrance. And in our minds, it was like, one, we knew we wanted Palo Santo. Two, we knew we wanted Bergamot. And three, we knew we wanted some sort of like peppermint and a little hint of jasmine just because like an ode to my mom type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we thought about like, how would we feel like if we were wearing this or like, how would it feel if you'd close your eyes and kind of inhaled it? And that's what we came up with, like half like Burning Man at like slash in the desert. I'm smelling this as you say this because I just think I don't know. Not like, you know, as crazy as Burning Man, but something as a mix because I think you know, we kind of are that. And so, yeah, the, the story came and then we continued to build kind of the accords that we thought would work and went from there. But the story comes first. It feels like a Burning Man fragrance that you could totally wear to the office. Yes, I like it's that. It's like, if you, if that's your, <laughs> if you're like one of those people who like buttons up during the day, but then on the weekends, you're just like, dropping tabs of acid. I don't even know I said that right because I don't know like the acid lingo. Like you're going to want to wear, you're going to want to wear moon dust because it's like, Everyone's going to think you have it together, but on the weekends, you're just like, you might be in an orgy, (laughs) right? Yeah, one of my friends, um, I I make all of my friends like smell the fragrances that we're working on and smell other stuff. And I make them just write on note cards and like they write the weirdest things. But one of my friends wrote, bad betch working woman vibes about Moondust. And that Mm -hmm. was like my favorite thing because he's this like super type A, like Connecticut guy yeah. and he was like yes this just gives me these vibes and I was like okay like, great. bad bitch I don't yeah. uh, did I say that right yeah. <laughs> he wrote bitch oh my god yeah I know your sister you said she wore Daisy and mm-hmm. Chanel number five did you wear any fragrances prior to this growing up I wore like a lot of body splashes a lot of bath yeah. and body works we've, we've all been there oh, we've, all, um, we've all dipped our toes <laughs> But I think for a long time, I didn't wear fragrance. And then I started wearing these mixes and blends by this woman in Miami. I like found her at this farmer's market when I was living there and she made these blends, but they smelled great, didn't have like great lasting power. And then I also, I was like, she's this random woman. So I don't know what's in them, which is kind of scary. Right. So then I switched to trying to use essential oils, which is like very dangerous. So don't do that if you don't know what you're doing. Why is it dangerous? Just because they're very strong. So some yeah. are good, right? But some are like could burn your skin. So yeah, if you're it's not true. diluting them properly, yeah. it's not great. They People think that it's kind of like perfume, but it's not. Right. Um, anyway, so that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And so I was excited when this came about because I oftentimes wasn't wearing a lot of fragrance just because I like I sneeze so much. I have horrible allergies. And so mm-hmm. I love that we have a roll on. And I love that our formulation is like without a lot of the other stuff that, you know, like phthalates and nitromusks and sulfates and things that are kind of like associated with headaches and whatnot. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I think people assume, I actually talked about this in a previous episode, but people assume that if they want something that's not going to give them allergies, that the solution is to go all natural. And I was kind of explaining it like, you might have allergies to trees, you yeah. might have allergies to pollen, <laughs> and that it's not anything in the wrong quantity mm-hmm. can be an allergen. I think I saw on your on your site that you guys talked about that you use safe synthetics and, yeah. and clean whenever you can. Mm-hmm. And I fully, like, I, I think it's incredibly difficult and not necessarily more beneficial to go completely the essential oil route. I agree. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Even the word clean, we don't love using it, but I Mm -hmm. think it's something that people can kind of understand where we're going. And so that's why we use that word. But organic doesn't necessarily mean better because like, you know, chemicals are organic compounds anyway. So whether it's synthetically derived, whether it's something that's naturally derived, or it's just a natural, Mm -hmm. um, those are all like chemical compounds at the end of the day. And I think, you know, understand working with compounds that we understand, or there's a lot of scholarship around is sometimes a lot safer than pulling something from the ground that you don't know really where it came from, but you think that it's of the earth, so it's good. And so we're trying to, you know, balance that between using naturals when we can source them sustainably and in a you know responsible way, using synthetics when it's not good to source. For example, sandalwood is really hard to source sustainably naturally. So we use a safe synthetic for that. Yeah. And with all the no's, I think we end up with a formulation that we feel pretty good about. But to your point, it's definitely a lot of like education along the way and we're still learning too. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have a very big point of differentiation and that is that you guys are CBD infused. So how did that come about? Yeah. So the CBD piece, that was a lot of me. So I like using CBD, other things as well, but won't say. um... Again, moon dust, (laughs) use your imagination. And the CBD, I, I thought it was important because I love when products do more than one thing like self-care to me sometimes is overwhelming because I don't want to put like 10 different facial serums on and like all of these multi-step processes just to like be caring for myself. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great if something that we already do in our daily lives, if people are already putting on perfume, like why couldn't we just make it one step better? Mm -hmm. So that's where the CBD infusion came in and it doesn't like change your life. It's not a miracle thing. It doesn't make you high because it's CBD. So it's it's hemp derived, but it does, I can't say what it does because it's not a medical claim. But for me, it makes me feel a little calmer. Um, Mm -hmm. We have one person who used it. She's a mom and she like had this virtual parent teacher conference and so she like put a ton of um, moon (laughs) dust on and her husband was like, yeah, she was real calm during that parent teacher conference, like really calm. (laughs) But yeah, so that was sort of, we just wanted it to be sort of more of like a blend between an aromatherapy experience and like a fragrance. So it's something for you to wear and not just for other people who are experiencing you. I mean, I think that this idea of functional fragrance is such an amazing concept because why not be able to have some sort of benefit and like Mm -hmm. you were saying like aromatherapy we know that there are certain notes that are associated with like stress relief Mm -hmm. or being energized or things of that nature and so if you add cbd on top of it it's just this like i will tell you guys right now i know i sound like a walking advertisement (laughs) um but i do feel very calm yeah Um, this is not sponsored. <laughs> I do feel very calm. Like I definitely, and, and I think it's also a testament to, to the aromatherapy aspect. Like I think you are being very mindful and deliberate with the notes you're choosing and they're very calming notes. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. How does your role in the company differ from your sister's? Right now, since we're like the startup of startups, we both do a lot. 
I would say because of my more businessy background, I, you know, worked for two big corporations before I went to business school. Um, I handle more of the boring stuff. But I think when it comes to a lot of creative decisions, my sister has a lot of the good ideas and then we kind of fine tune them together Mm -hmm. um, and it works well that way. It also caused a lot of tension when we were first starting out since we were in like this small house in Ohio all together and Mm -hmm. working together and living together. Do you guys have other siblings too? Um, No, it's just the two of us. Yeah. So (laughs) she's three years younger, but she was like always very capable and like the cute one. So we definitely like, you know, loved each other, but didn't like each other growing up. And Mm -hmm. then we became friends as time went on. But I think she is like more of the vision and she's also really detail oriented. So mm-hmm. things that I want to pass over, she's like, no, let's get this right. So I think it's like a good kind of symbiotic relationship. That's great. Yeah. And I think too, because she's your sister, it's like sometimes you have to tiptoe around your feelings, but you do yeah. you find that you can just be like, yeah. you're wrong. Especially or... now. Yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely let each other know what we think. And I think that's good because we got up, you know, we had points where it was difficult and we did have a few fights, but also having my mom there as like the person who kind of calmed us both down was really helpful because I think to your point that allowed us to understand how we can work with each other how we can be honest with each other and yeah it's just pretty cool like working with family wow so what does your mom think about all of this I think she likes it I I know she likes it she like (laughs) wears moon dust a lot which I don't know if it's like our target demographics she's been really helpful super supportive and I think it's exciting for her to see both of us working together on something I think probably a little scary because her mindset and how we kind of grew up is definitely you you follow the rules and you kind of do everything right. So I went to a really good undergrad. So did my sister and I worked in stable jobs. My sister chose theater, which, you know, not so stable, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think she always just wants the best for us. And so it was scary at least like at first that we are going after something that has so much uncertainty, mm-hmm. but um, she definitely loves it. She's come with us on trips to the perfumer and that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, super fun. She just sticks her nose in everywhere. She's like, I'm the one who loves the Jasmine, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> you guys know that story. Oh, that's so funny. So you were talking about you had stable jobs before this Mm -hmm. and you were at big corporations. What were you doing? Yes. So I, my first job out of college, I worked for Kraft Heinz, a food giant. I know Um, them. Yes. So I was living in Chicago and I was doing a sales rotational program. So everything from like sales analytics and understanding our consumer to actually selling into a regional grocery store and had a huge purview of products frozen products, Bagel Bites is a Kraft Heinz product, fun things like that, and was doing that for a while. And then after that, I moved to Miami, Mm -hmm. where I worked for Carnival Cruise Line, uh, struggling right now. But uh, I was- Although they are the ones that are requiring you to show your vaccine card. So you're on the the right side of history. (laughs) We don't want to say the other company, but Loyal Peribian (laughs) is not. (laughs) Yeah, which is kind of crazy. But there I was doing internal strategy. So I got to think about big picture stuff. And then we had two business lines that I kind of managed. One was failing and I kind of had to resuscitate it. So that was fun, but more general management type stuff, which I think is super helpful now as we're building this business. I think a lot of beauty and I don't consider fragrance a beauty business, but other people do. So a lot of beauty and other product businesses, I guess I could say people have like really great top line ideas, but then they don't think about actually like the unit costs or how they're going to be a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. And I think because of my background, we're able to think about that a lot. So that's really helpful. Yeah. I'm sure you have those skills already. Also, I saw that you guys were part of the Rock Accelerator program. Congrats on that. Um, How did that help? Or maybe you touched on that. I get that's different than Tower 28. Um, Yeah, that's different. So that was through Harvard Business School and you apply. We got some small grants. So that was super helpful. Money is always great. I was going to ask about that. Yes. (laughs) 
because <laughs> other than that, we're bootstrapped right now. So money is great, but also having some mentors and kind of entrepreneurs and residents that we could reach out to and set up time with was really helpful just because it gave a bit of structure as my sister was busy doing her job and also doing Aspen and I was busy doing school job in Aspen. So definitely gave us support, structure, a bit of money and some guidance. And yeah, that's that. It's really interesting because I feel like I've talked to a few different founders and I feel like you guys have come in in the most sort of like entrepreneurial, yes. like through Acceler <laughs> program, accelerator program type way. And it just, it's, I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I guess I, I just, I, I think it's really interesting that you kind of both came in with and you more so with the sort of business side to it of just like, okay, this is the idea. You both had the passion for it, but then you also have these technical skills and resources to, which a lot of people who are just like, I love perfume, I'm founding a company, don't have that access to. So that's, that's yes. a great. It's definitely different. I yeah. think it's good and bad, you know, I think it makes it tough because the world of perfume, especially, I feel like is pretty closed off. So that was mm -hmm. tough at first, just reaching it's out. It's a white people, man's world. Totally. Yeah. Yes. I'm um, trying to understand how things work, how fragrance companies like the giants and formulators and chemists, like how that process works. You mm -hmm. can't find that stuff online very easily. Mm -hmm. um, so that definitely was a huge learning curve, especially if, you know, we were like, oh, we don't know. I'm trying to think of like some super niche fragrance. I don't know. But if we didn't know about it, then I feel like people would write us off. And so we did a lot of self-study, like a lot of reading um, mm -hmm. and just kept on knocking on people's LinkedIn doors um, and, yeah. you know, the world started to open up a little. And so we're really thankful for that. Were there any niche companies that you guys looked at that you were like, they are doing great things? Mm. I mean, I think, let's see, there are quite a few. There's one fragrance that I really like. It's also a good Palo Santo fragrance. Of course, now I forget the name. Oh man, I don't know it. That's so sad. It's so good, but I really like her, but her stuff is not like I don't know where she makes it, et cetera, so I'm not sure. It's that woman um, on the street in Miami. Yeah, it's not her, but it's like kind of close. <laughs> Fleur is interesting to us because they are also pretty like non-toxic. They do a lot of branding like the big fragrance companies because their executives kind of like have that background. I think mm -hmm. they were both, you know, Ralph Lauren executives. Hmm. Skylar is not something that I wear, but I really like that company. It's it's not really niche, I guess. It's more like indie and startup, but right. the founder, Kat Chen, has like been a mentor to us and she's just super helpful, super cool. And I love <laughs> that they kind of know who their target consumer is and really go after them. And I mean, I like wearing niche stuff now as well. Like Portrait of a Lady, is that the I one? I love that oh, one, That one yeah. is so good. I'm not like so obsessed with like Bacharach, like all those like trendy things. I don't, Maison, Margiela, however you pronounce it. Um, Sounds right to me. Yes, I wish I loved their stuff, but I found a lot of it super sweet. So I don't know, mm -hmm. I'm all over the board. I find I really like specific scents and fragrances by perfumers or companies, not an entire line, for yeah. example. Like yes. I really love one big one by Diptyque, but would you consider that niche anymore? I don't know. Like right, Lalo right. seemed a niche, they're like but luxury they're like, now. yeah, exactly. Right. And now they're, a lot of these companies are like owned by Estee Lauder anyway. I know. So, I think know. if you have mass distribution, <laughs> you lose the indie niche yeah. title. Once you like have your own flagship stores and it's a chain or yeah. you're in Bloomingdale's or whatever, I think. I guess it's like you have like niche mm, ingredients maybe or something like yeah. that's what makes you niche. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I agree. Interesting. So you were talking about how you guys grew up in Ohio. Yes. Do you have any <laughs> strong scent memories from your childhood? Definitely. Let's see. A lot of honeysuckle. Mm. It's a very invasive species, I learned. That's a good yes, invasive species. Know, right? In Connecticut, we have weeds. So <laughs> I'm, you know, I'd pick that any day. A lot of honeysuckle. I think also like a lot of my scent memories are not 
they're not like perfume type memories hot take but like for example no, let's, let's talk about it <laughs> whenever i smell i i'm a pescatarian so like i don't even eat meat anymore like for quite a while but mm-hmm. whenever i smell hot dogs roasting kind of like outside it makes me think of like the summer in ohio because i remember there's this one like strip mall with this parking lot i don't know why in the summer maybe it was like a boy scout thing but they would just like sell these hot dogs and so mm-hmm. that is like a very ohio memory very niche very yes. niche <laughs> other than that i would say our Ohio memories are probably kind of like blended with our mom's like heritage. So for example, I really like plantain, like sweet plantain or like maduros, however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But that like frying is a very specific memory and like smell that I associate with kind of like home. Mm -hmm. And then other than that, Ohio memories, I love the smell when it's just about to rain and you can kind of like like smell the dampness in the air yeah Um, that is also something I associate with home because the rain smells different I think like everywhere you go wow really interesting do you have any smells that you associate with like high school for example or like college Ooh, that's tough high school oh gosh yeah actually like more like eighth grade and going to high school but I I went to a very small private school Uh, my sister and I like were on scholarship there but it was like 50 kids per grade and we had these lockers that were all close to each other. And I just remember the guys would have these like axe and tag wars. So like those were like the two like body sprays at the time. So you, you would basically like spray those three lines where the locker like opens, you would spray into someone's locker. So that when they opened, it was like this super strong scent. So that definitely for like way too long was the memory I would associate with that. And then college, gosh. Mm, weed definitely I didn't mm-hmm. I was like very afraid of weed so like I whenever I thought I smelled it it was like very crazy to me mm-hmm. um a lot of sticky like beer smell which is like not a great smell no. but then also I went to Dartmouth so it was like out in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire and so like smelling that crisp like fall air that was like my mm-hmm. favorite thing yeah um and the leaves it kind of smells like smell, that today like, yeah, randomly yeah it does it's like kind of fresh outside yeah today. it is fresh why, outside yeah which is nice because yeah. New York in the summer so I'm kind of like disgusting smell yeah yeah, yeah. New York in the winter, I feel like it's like my favorite smell because you get those like toasted chestnuts. Yeah. Like, mm, mm-hmm. Really good almonds and those cones, like the touristy stuff, but those smells like smell like New York. That, I, that is my yeah. smell of New York as well. <laughs> That's cr- It's funny how we all just live the same childhood because I can remember in my middle school, the axe. It was like yeah. axe became a thing and it was like what boys did and they just sprayed it everywhere. And so much. Middle school hallways just smelled of axe yeah. across the country. Are you loving today's interview with Kata? Well, that makes two of us. Let's do today's Perfume 101. The Perfume 101 is on the fragrance note bergamot. I bet you love a bergamot fragrance, and that is because bergamot is the most common note in fragrances. In fact, 80% of perfumes today have bergamot as a note. So what is bergamot? We don't see it in grocery stores, right? Bergamot is a citrus, however, it is inedible. It's been described as a mix between an orange and a lemon, and it grows exclusively now in the southern region of Italy in an actual area called Bergamot, which is known for its bergamot trees. It's too sour for consumption, but it is extracted for so many other purposes. And the way that we use it in perfume is that the peel or the zest of the bergamot fruit is distilled into perfumery kind of looks like an incredibly wrinkly lime. But what does it smell like? Well, bergamot is in the citrus family, so you're going to get that sort of energizing, zingy, zesty smell that you know and love from other citrus fruits. But I would say bergamot is different because there's something really calming and soothing. Bergamot smells like Earl Grey tea. Let's get back to Kata. What advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? 
I feel like we're not even at the point where people can follow in our footsteps. We feel like we're so early in our journey. But Mm -hmm. I think you definitely have to want it because a lot of people are going to tell you no. And Mm -hmm. I think that's probably for a lot of things that you go out and do that are a little bit different. I would say you have to enjoy smelling things like the amount of samples that I have from other brands um, and the amount of ingredients that I'm amassing just so that I can learn myself is so much. So you have to be like, okay, with smelling lots of like funky things, things that you don't love all the time. And because it's something that at the end of the day, like and is ubiquitous in some sense but like the way we experience it is very personal and individual you have to be okay with not everyone like loving what you're doing and I think Mm -hmm. if you're especially like a type a kind of person that can be tough and so I guess I would say yeah just go after it keep on trying and then being okay with not everyone loving your vision but if you have that vision like keep on doing it keep on doing it and try and get in an accelerator yes. program and like yes, get a mentor. Exactly. And... and then make sure you're doing it like the right way so it's safe. So if you're, you know, right. selling it to somebody that you can feel good about what you're selling. I yeah. think that's also important. You were talking about having safe ingredients. How was that process of sourcing your CBD? Yeah. So for the CBD, we get it through actually our perfumer, but he's a distributor for this company that's in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. We wanted to go with someone that was US based because at least we felt like we could be closer to the source and understand what's going on. And then we were also looking for a company that was vertically integrated because we wanted to be able to know like where it was grown and then how it was processed. And of course, we looked for a company that had third party testing available as well, because Mm -hmm. it's not enough for like a company just to test their own CBD. You want somebody else who has a lab in the set up to be able to test it. And right. so I would say when you're looking for third party testing, then you also know which testing sites are like more reputable. And then all of a sudden the pie shrinks of how many people there are out there who are growing kind of like a plant that you want. But that was kind of the process. Mm. We're just, we're pretty methodical about it. Nothing like exciting. Yeah. We were like <laughs> um, slurping yeah, CBD. Exactly. <laughs> but got a lot of samples, got a lot of like test results and then went from there. Wow. Cool. So Moon Dust is out. Mm-hmm. Bloom is on the horizon. Yes. We all have agreed now on the show that we like Prototype A. Yes. <laughs> Just, guys, I don't know Prototype B. It could be even better. I have no idea what I'm saying. So there's there's two more scents coming out, right? Yeah. So, so can you speak to those? One, yeah. So we have Moon Dust. Basically, what we did is we kind of did test batches of a lot of like small things, but then we decided to mass produce it by mass. It's still like kind of small batch I would say but moon dust we've already sold out of it so you can see that like you know mass producing wasn't that much so we have moon dust that we're actually selling selling then we're reformulating bloom which should be like done soon and then we have one coming out that's not on our site I don't think I don't know but it's called nostalgia and so like that's Ooh. more of like an ode to my mom what is the story that there? stuff that one is more of her story and we're thinking about how to incorporate that that story of her walking through the garden and smelling that stuff Ooh. and like we're figuring out how to do that so that's definitely the third scent and then the vision is that we'll be able to create a discovery kit of those just because a lot of people have emailed us asking for like a smaller size that so they can experience it since obviously they're mostly seeing it online first we haven't formally launched I guess you would say we just like opened our site and had sales so we would love to actually create a grassroots kind of launch campaign and we would have that kit so people could experience a variety of fragrances. And then we're also thinking about with those three fragrances, how to create different applications. We've gotten like a lot of emails asking us for, oh, do you do like hair perfume or do you do room spray? Mm -hmm. And right now we don't, but we're definitely thinking about how we could make those scents or incorporate scent into more parts of our lives. Cool. What was that first moment for you guys? Like when you saw the first legitimate sale come through on your website? (laughs) Um, and was there like a thousand at once? Like, was it like a, 
it wasn't a thousand at once because we were scrambling to be able to open it in time for um, some holiday sales just because we mm. had some friends who like wanted to order for, yeah. for people but we weren't sure if we could fulfill the product in time and like me being like the businessy person I was like very afraid of disappointing customers so I was like no we can only open the site if we know we can get it to them in time so right. it was this very scrappy process and I think honestly we were working so furiously through that that we didn't celebrate and that's something that my boyfriend slash partner tells me a lot is like I don't celebrate the small milestones even when we like had our first 50 orders first 100 orders those weren't things that I thought about celebrating so I was like it's not enough it's never enough you know we want to get to the next milestone he's like those are things that you need to be happy about and so I think one moment for us that we felt really proud of was getting to tell our story on the InStyle feature just because we had been mentioned in some things before but actually getting to share kind of our vision for Aspen and what we're doing with it and how we want to amplify women of color and show that more people than just you know old white men can create fragrances that are for us. I think that was an exciting moment for us. And then also getting kind of those first customer emails where unprompted, we would just get like emails from people like, oh, I smelled this. One of our retail partners, he smelled it on a friend of his and he was like, this was so good. I'm reaching out. Like, I hope that, you know, I can carry you in my store in Seattle. So we're going to be there starting late this summer. And so I think those kind of things are exciting for us because other people are liking what we're putting out there. Wow. That's so awesome to just find out like random people are smelling your yeah. product in the street and <laughs> and stocking up. And <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, it's such an incredible story that you guys literally were like, there is nothing for us by us. So thus we yes. will do it. Yes, that exactly. Is- okay. Well, Kato, we have a final segment of the show and that segment is called What's That Smell? What's that smell? What's that smell is rapid fire, (laughs) scent association. Obviously, if you have a tangent, we love a tangent. If you don't, we don't love a tangent. It's whatever you want. (laughs) I'm just going to throw out some different words, places, people, things. Yes. And you tell me the smell associated with them. I'll try my best. Okay. Self-care. For me, Palo Santo uh, smudge sticks and eucalyptus oil in the shower. We love it. Okay. Love and romance. Oh, um, I think I think of like chocolate because <laughs> we eat chocolate. My partner and I eat chocolate a lot together. So that's a lot of our love and romance. I also think <laughs> of like roses, which I like, they're fine, but they're not like the most fragrant. Like I don't love, you know, a dozen roses. So I think. Um, if you were going to get a dozen of any flower and you could request it, is there one you'd be like, give me this? Okay, yeah, I don't know what they're called, which is so sad. I really love lilies, but they give me, like, horrible allergies, so I have to, like, take off the little pollen things. But there are these other flowers that are so pretty. They're, like, I don't know, whatever. Another flower I love is hydrangeas, so, yes, Yes, those are really pretty. They're not, like, romantic, but they're beautiful in my mind. Beautiful. Anyway. Beautiful. What is the smell of Miami? Ooh, Miami. Uh, Depends where you are in Miami, but my favorite Miami smell is um, if you're on the beach and you're between kind of Miami and Fort Lauderdale Mm -hmm. and you're walking at night by the waves, it kind of smells This is a new description for a new fragrance. This is like, this is my favorite spot in Miami (laughs) when I live there. And it's just kind of somewhere you can go. It's like always very quiet and you smell like a little bit of the salt from the water and the breeze is like a little bit heavy kind of, but it's always cool at night. And then you like smell these like fragrant things like wafting of like a little food or like a little perfume from like maybe somebody who else Mm -hmm. was like walking down the beach. And so that's Miami to me. Wow. Are you guys going to create that scent? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Okay. (laughs) I will say I was in Miami briefly for like a day in February. Mm -hmm. And one of the smells that's so prominent there is literally everybody's bougie perfume as it walks by you. Yeah, it's like a lot. 
it's a lot. And the hotels are super like fragranced yeah. also. The addition so. hotel. I did a yeah. video about the addition yeah. hotel lobby smell because people <laughs> kept asking and it is La Lava. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, uh, Miami is a fragrant place. It is. It is. A lot of like good smells, a lot of bad smells. But mm-hmm. to your point, everyone kind of shows out and I love that because it's like crazy. Yeah. Um, but also you just get the most extreme versions of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say that like Bloom <laughs> feels Miami. There's like, a, I know it's not. I know you said like bourbon, like a totally different scene, but yeah. I could see it like, thriving in Miami. You. you know, you. I could, you see, could it. see it. I, I could see a Miami <laughs> chic person being like, Bloom. Um, okay. What's the smell of Harvard? Ooh, Harvard. Well, I didn't spend a lot of time in the library, to be honest. Although I'd be like, oh, it smells like books. I don't really know. Our campus had a lot of hydrangeas. Actually, there are quite a few linden trees in the spring, and Mm. those are super fragrant. So I would say that to me is like when I feel like, oh, it smells nice today, and I'm walking on campus, that's that. Lovely. Okay, what is the smell of Kaja? Oh, when she wears perfume for it was definitely she she layered the two that she had the Marc Jacobs and the Chanel number no. five, which is weird because I like hate aldehydes normally mm-hmm. like I think it smells super resiny and I don't like it. But mm-hmm. on her somehow like it smelled fine. But now I associate her with like baking a lot because she loves baking. Mm-hmm. So like something like a little sweet, something a little green because she like loves green juices and she's super healthy. So I guess like that's a combo. That's yeah. a nice combo, baking yeah. and greens. Yeah. Okay, the final what's that smell is, what is the smell of Aspen Apothecary? Oh, oh my gosh. I think, oh, that's so tough. It's ever-changing. Right now, it's moon dust because, like, that's our signature product. Yeah. But I think it's smelling like how you would imagine, like, if you're watching a movie and you get the sense of, like, how that person would smell. Say it's, like, this old-fashioned, like, cool movie and you get that sense of how the person would smell. I feel like that's what we're trying to do is, like, bringing scent to life in our everyday kind of how we go about it. And you're not smelling, like, super strong, like, leaving a cloud behind you, but you're just experiencing like scent as like vision or something Mm -hmm. like that and so I guess that's us not a very good answer but that's like what we think about I think it's a perfect answer and you're (laughs) you're setting a mood you're creating a whole storyline behind every fragrance so if you don't know what the note smells like you're like but I do know what the smell of like someone who comes out of a bar with bourbon and leather smells like (laughs) Kata if people want to shop Aspen Apothecary which I'm sure they do what should they do Okay, so you can go to our website, which is aspen-apothecary.com. And we still have moon dust on there. And then keep your eyes peeled for the discovery kit coming out. You can find us in Hudson, New York at Wild. You'll eventually find us in Seattle later this summer. And hopefully in the meatpacking, well, not hopefully, it's coming this summer, but I just can't talk about the name. And then if you're on our website, aspen-apothecary.com i'm gonna create a code just for the perfume room ah, pod and so yeah okay just for your listeners perfume room 10 yes. you're getting a 10 percent off because we love a discount yes. <laughs> um and if people want to follow aspen apothecary what yeah. is your social media on instagram we're aspen.apothecary and we're not really on tiktok yet but we're maybe emma can like i'm us, bringing you guys help there. us get there yeah you, it has been such a pleasure having you on thank you um thank you so much everybody please go check out moondust and let us know what you think perfume room is co-produced and edited by adam avalos music by max vernon and art by israel rodriguez 